Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello and welcome to this NHS Employers podcast. My name is Dean Royals and I'm Chief Executive of the NHS Employers organisation. Uh, the podcast today will explore the evidence about achieving a diverse organisation and some of the organisational benefits that workforce diversity brings in terms of the external communities we serve and our staff. In addition, we'll also look at the barriers and solutions to greater workforce representation. And I'm joined today with uh, two guests. We've got Professor Carol Baxter and Dr Jeremy Dawson. Carol, would you just like to introduce yourself? Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, don't be fooled by the professor. Actually, um, if you like, I'm, I've been a nurse and a midwife and a public health nurse, and that's really where my heart is. Uh, committed to making sure that patients receive better care. I went into academia in the last 20 years of my career. Um, I am moving on from NHS employers as head of equality, diversity and human rights to uh, joining a team of colleagues at Imperial College where we will be uh, trying to strengthen the evidence base for equality, diversity and diversity interventions. And we're really looking forward to continuing to work with you, uh, Carol. And Jeremy, a bit about you. Uh, thanks, Dean. I'm yes, Jeremy Dawson. I'm at the University of Sheffield, uh, where I'm a reader in health management. Uh, I have a background in statistics, and for the last 15 or so years, I've worked with a lot of NHS data, in particular the NHS staff survey. Uh, when I was at Aston, I helped to develop and run that for the first few years. Uh, and amongst my research interests are the effects of workforce diversity and team diversity on outcomes, particularly in healthcare. So my my sense is that the NHS is an enormous organisation. We've got something like 1.3 million people that work in the NHS in England. Uh, 78% of those are women. Uh, We have something like 19% of the workforce are from a BME background. 36% of our consultants are from a BME uh, background. And I guess we've all grown up on the importance of diversity. But but just recap us, why, why is diversity so important, Carol? Diversity is really important because society is diverse and patients are diverse and our organisations are diverse and uh, we need to leverage that to the best interest of all of us. Uh, In terms of uh, some of the efforts we need to be putting into it, we need to make sure that uh, we recognise that there are, at the moment we're not getting the best out of our diverse workforce. And clearly we've got some sort of issues in the NHS that, uh, for example, although 41% of chief executives are women, we hardly have any people from a BME background that are uh, chief executive. Absolutely, Dean. And more importantly, uh, you can't say the same thing about BMEs, which uh, is, uh, BMEs are overrepresented in the NHS yeah. for their numbers in the community, but we're not leveraging their skills in the same way and their expertise in the same way. So uh, for, vet, for different reasons, diversity isn't um, effective uh, being leveraged for BME uh, staff. Uh, BME staff may be de-skilled for various reasons, uh, may be under pressure to not de- deliver properly because of some of the things that I know my colleague yeah. Jeremy will be talking about, yeah. uh, energy used um, in, in, in making sure the environment feels safe yeah. and comfortable for them. I'm going to pick up some of that stuff with Jeremy as well, but uh, Jeremy, just as a starting point, why, why would you say diversity is so important for the NHS? Well, as Carol said, it is a diverse organisation anyway. Um, we have a large number of people from different backgrounds within the NHS. Uh, And what we know from research is any time that an organisation is diverse, it's important to try and capitalise on that. Uh, There's a lot of organisations that do that really well. Um, 
sometimes though diversity isn't always a positive attribute uh, if it's not used in the right way. Uh, and so the important thing is trying to make sure that it is used in a positive way. Yeah. So just unpack that a bit more. You've done some recent research looking at this sort of representativeness. You know, what what would be your key points for us today? Well, yes, the issue of diversity is often thought about just in terms of how diverse an organisation is in terms of its workforce, for example. Uh, and the evidence there suggests that although it can be a positive thing, it can also be negative in some circumstances. And the research that we did um, indicated that those organisations which are more diverse in terms of their uh, ethnic background appear on the surface to be less successful in terms of patient satisfaction, in terms of organisational performance. But actually, once we look at the data in more detail, what we find is it's not actually about how diverse the workforce is, but it's about how representative it is of its local community. Uh, so those organisations which actually better reflect their local community, whether that means having a greater proportion of um, Asian doctors and nurses and other staff, whether it means having a greater proportion of black doctors and nurses and other staff, whatever the particular makeup is, um, those organisations do better in terms of having uh, better ratings of care by patients and in terms of better overall organisational performance. So, I mean, it's a really interesting point because uh, sort of people talk about the sort of intuitive sort of sense of having a diverse organisation serving the community. But you're saying there's a, a strong evidence base there that's uh, sort of showing that where you get that right, you get better outcomes. Well, tell us a bit more about that. Absolutely, yes. So, um, for example, um, if we were to see an organisation uh, in a widely diverse community, but which was mostly um, staffed by white British people, then uh, that organisation would be less likely to be rated strongly by patients in terms of the, um, the quality of care provided, and it would also be less likely to be rated by a variety of different performance indicators, such as those, in, um, such as those used by uh, CQC, to be a good performing organisation. And if people wanted to look at that a bit more, what, what's the basis of that research? Where, where should they go and look and, and dig around a bit more? Uh, well, this particular... Um, paper I'm talking about was published in the uh, Academy of Management Journal um, in uh, 2011 by uh, a team uh, led by my colleague Eden King, George Mason University in the States, um, but myself and Michael West and a couple of other people as well. Um, and uh, the paper itself is, is quite detailed and in-depth, not necessarily um, the easiest thing to read, but we are working at the moment on a, a, an easier version um, to be published hopefully soon. And one of the reasons we do these uh, podcasts is to make this sort of thing more accessible to uh, to people. So Carol, I mean, you and I uh, chat about this uh, often and um, you'll often say to me that, uh, you know, sort of people get the business case about it. It's people more interested in solutions. What, what, what do you think is sort of getting in the way of this issue? I think the three things that we could do better. One of them is induction. The other is uh, training and development to work in diverse teams and the other is uh, creating an, an environment of zero tolerance. Yeah. So just unpack those a little bit more for us. So if you, if you look at induction, uh, I think historically the assumption is that uh, someone comes into a setting and they understand already understand the culture and they already understand how we take and therefore let them get on with it. If that's not the case for BME communities, we need to understand that whether they are born in this country or are migrants, there is a need to uh, induct people into an environment which is culturally different. 
that that's grossly lacking in in um I think in the NHS today, uh, and uh, and there is an awful lot that can be done to improve. And, and, and you that. said that your experiences when you when you first arrived in could yes, be very different to that. I I, I have the the um, privilege of being able to re- reflect back on quite a few decades, um, and uh, what I realise is that um, the induction I received in 1970, when being a black person in Salford, where I, I, I came to live, was, uh, because it was such an unusual thing, people spent more time uh, and effort telling me what was normal, telling me where the shops were, telling me what, you know, uh, please and thanks was things that people used here culturally, which may be different in my own culture. And that effort isn't put in anymore today when uh, in a diverse workforce we tend to assume that uh, everyone understands these issues and culturally and so on. And, and then your second point was about the sort of increasing diversity of the organisations and working in diverse teams. Yes, because uh, teams are now changing. Um, we need to recognise that and do something about that, particularly building on Jeremy's evidence that um, diversity or representation is what is really important. There are situations we can never always receive have that representation, so we need to be able to grapple with the issue that diverse teams have a certain dynamic to them which needs to be thrashed out and need to be explored and discussed. People don't do that in the NHS. We just get on with the, the technical aspect of the job, and uh, there's an awful lot there in diverse teams. There's evidence, Jeremy, from Aston, which suggests that di- diverse teams have profound impact on hardcore outcomes such as patient mortality. You know the study by Burrell and West um, looking at coronary artery disease and showing that in diverse teams where work effort is put into developing that team, uh, outcomes are better for patients. Uh, absolutely, but it is about that effort. It's about uh, the leadership of the team being good. It's about the, uh, the working conditions of the team being right to really enable that diversity to be brought to the fore. Yeah. yeah. And, and your third area, Carol, was about the environment. Yes, and I think this is where leadership, I might as well pick on you, Dean, while I'm here. It's about leadership. Um, <laughs> it's about leadership, and it's about saying uh, an atmosphere of zero tolerance in terms of incivility, which is the term that uh, I think Jeremy used again in his paper, uh, where, 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 where there isn't representativeness, uh, Incivility is more likely to be the experience of, uh, of, um, of, of between staff and, and patients and so on. And I think uh, if we introduce the concept of civility, you know, this organisation is a civil one. This is how you're expected to behave. And as there's a zero tolerance around it. I think um, that will be uh, far more um, effective than some of the other quality and diversity initiatives that we put in place. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a very gentle picking on me. People normally pick on me in very different <laughs> ways to that, Carol, so, uh, uh, so, so thank you. But uh, Jeremy, on, on those, uh, those points in your research, what's your sort of take on for people about what, what gets in the way, what are some of the solutions that we could offer? Well, from uh, the research in the paper that we've talked about, what we found is the main reason why representativeness led to better performance was because of these interactions between staff and patients and by staff, I'm talking about um, all patient-facing staff in, in NHS who might have that impact. Um, so it is this idea of civility and incivility uh, arising from a lack of representativeness which can be a problem. So one thing we can do is, even though we might not be able to overnight change the representative, representativeness of the workforce um, very easily, we can certainly train people to work more civilly 
to um, treat patients better, to be aware of the differences, to be aware of what they can do to make patients feel more comfortable uh, and so that there is less perception of in-civil treatment. Yeah, and I can see you nodding away vigorously, Carol. Absolutely, yes. It's not so much what motivates you, but it's your behaviour that impacts on patients. It's what you do to me that's going to be important. And therefore, regardless of what you might think about me, just treat me right. And, and that will do fine. And I think that can only be done by a zero-tolerance approach of saying, we are a civil organisation and these are the standards that we, we um, would like to see. And you see more of that now in casualty departments. I often quite like going in there and seeing that. It makes me feel quite strong when I see a sign saying, don't treat our staff badly, this is how we behave, or treat each other properly. I think that, that zero-tolerance is really, really very important. And it's a leadership issue. Uh, it should come from the top, because obviously um, that's that the evidence shows that that's where the the dividends are. Yeah. And, and finally then, just for anyone that's listening to this uh, podcast now, if you could give them one word of advice that they could help with that civility, making the environment better, what, what would you say to them? Jeremy? I would say always be aware of what you're doing. Never switch off and just um, go back to what you are uh, used to doing, but always be conscious of who you're dealing with and how you can make things better for them in a more compassionate way. And, and Carol? I think, Jeremy, uh, this is the same view from me. I think the, the, it's easier to go down the route of stereotyping and not having to put too much effort into relating to people. I think we're going to have to continue to make it a habit of investing that little bit of energy into thinking about how we interact with everyone, whether that's be a patient or um, your colleagues. Think about what it is. It's, it doesn't slow things down, which is what we think, because we're living in a fast-paced organization world and we believe and far, quick speed is valued and so we think we have to get there quickly. But in the end, we make a mess of it. So I think starting off uh, as we mean to go on is, is far better. So well, I'd like to agree with you, Jeremy. Uh, well, well uh, an outbreak of agreement at the end <laughs> on a, a sort of complex topic for uh, many. We hope that this is a podcast that's made some of that a little bit more accessible to you. Uh, if you uh, do want to find out some more, then please go to our website, www.nhsemployers.org. You'll find lots on there about uh, equality and diversity. And we will, of course, also put links to Jeremy Dawson's uh, paper on there. And we hope the debate will continue. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.